Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, brought to you by the Wealthy Speaker School. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Hey, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson, and today we have Josh Linkner back. Thanks for returning to the show, Josh. My pleasure. Great to be with you as always. You know, I'm having you back on some crazy, very crazy circumstances. We are right in the thick of the COVID-19 crisis. We have not yet turned any kind of a quarter in terms of seeing numbers go down. Um, Talk to us. This is actually March 19th. I'm not going to try to make these podcasts evergreen because I really want people to know that this is what we were doing in this moment. Um, Tell us where you were in terms of your year and the fallout of everything that has happened in your business. Sure, well, on the speaking front, as we've discussed before, I'm kind of a high volume speaker. I generally target between 100 and 120 dates per year. Uh, And we were pacing very well. In fact, we were significantly ahead in Q1, so we had a nice bit of a head start, which is helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as you know, the entire world is obviously shut down. And when people are saying, don't gather in more than groups of two, yeah. Clearly, you know, a multi-thousand person keynote event is, is not going to happen right now. Right. So I think it's given us all an opportunity to, to, to pause, to, to reflect. Obviously, most importantly, we need to be safe and healthy and get through this, uh, this epidemic as, as, a, as a community. Um, but but as, as you might imagine, like most speakers, you know, the entire Q2 is basically shot. Right. Um, I will and say I- that most clients have been very supportive. They, they haven't been so much canceling outright. It's been more of a postponement or a reschedule. Right. We've been working very closely with our bureau partners who are dear friends. So, you know, look, we're going to get through this. It stinks for us all, but I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future. So I'm thinking you're doing at least 10 engagements a month. And if you've seen like three or four months gone, everybody can do the math on that and recognize that, ouch, that's a punch in the gut. And I want to say, I feel for you. Um, At the same time, I think we need to recognize that we do have listeners that are living paycheck to paycheck, and they probably are feeling that punch in the gut maybe more significantly than you might be. Am I right on that? Yeah, no, no question. And I certainly don't mean to be crying the blues or anything. No, I, I know. Together. I'm clear um, on that. In our business, it, we, we estimate the annual, the, the loss this year economically between a 1.5 and $2 million in revenue, Yeah, which, you know, again, it's going to be a tough year. But um, I, I certainly didn't mean to, to imply that because I know a lot of people are really struggling and, uh, and I'm thankful that at least in the, here in the U.S., the, the government is stepping in with some very aggressive programs, but uh, this is going to leave a mark for us all, not only in a, in a health sense, yeah. but, but economically. Yeah. And I just wanted to acknowledge that, you know, we get it, that there are people who might say, oh yeah, you know, you sold your companies for a lot of money. I'm sure you're probably not worrying about when your next bill is coming due or anything like that. So I just wanted to put that out there. And I know you weren't crying the blues by any uh, stretch. to 2 is a pretty significant, um, it's very significant, and I talk about what you're doing kind of in the meantime, okay, so you've had events mostly postponed, what percentage of those events would be bureau events versus direct events? Our business is about 70% bureau related. And I think that the cancellations, while I haven't looked at them exactly, uh, our postponements are are about the same mix. 
Uh, I'll tell you though, the way it's worked most of the time is that most of the time we are, and this may be helpful for speakers out there that are still trying to negotiate and, and figure out how to handle a cancellation. Mm-hmm. Here's what we've recommended and what's gone like 95% of the time. What we do is we, we end the contract and we, we request that the, cl- the client pay in full, pay the bureau in full, contract is over. Even though we didn't deliver the service, they had reserved that date on the calendar. They're making the choice to cancel the event. They're obligated to pay. Contract is done. Okay. Then obviously we're not trying to hurt, hurt our clients or anyone. We then issue a new contract where we give the, a free speech essentially to that client to be used sometime in the next 13 months um, at a mutually agreeable date. So it okay. works better rather than having some lingering obligation in an existing contract to sort of end the first contract. Everybody's paid. Commissions are paid. Everything's done. And then we again issue a, a credit essentially to, that, to, the, uh, to the meeting planner. And, you know, that makes so much sense to me because those of you who are heavily bureau booked had no cash flow when all of this went down. You weren't getting deposits like if you would on a direct piece of business, you would have at least 50% of that money in hand, whereas the bureau was kind of holding all the money in escrow for you. And I think that this is a very smart and wise kind of proactive move. Have you have you received any pushback from the clients or the bureaus on this? Very little, very little. And I, I'll tell you why I like this better. First of all, um, I do think, unfortunately, that, that there may be some businesses that don't make it through this process. And if a bureau, for some reason, wasn't doing, and I, by the way, I think most do the right thing, to be yes. clear. There, well, in any industry, there are a very small number of bad actors. Most bureaus, especially the more established ones, are wonderful, honest, high-integrity people. But technically, as you point out, what they're supposed to do is take your take a deposit, and often they've been paid for the whole speech, hold yep. it in escrow, which they cannot right. touch, and then release those fees upon services being rendered. Right. However, not everybody does that, to be clear. They should, but not everybody does. Some people use those deposits as their own working cash flow, and yep. they're sort of commingling funds. The problem is if that bureau gets behind and they can't survive, you know, your money is, is gone. So I just like this. It's better for everybody. It and really everyone paid, and then issue a free speech. You're the first person I've heard talk about this. And uh, I actually worked for a bureau that three or four years after I left went bankrupt, Josh. And I looked at the list of creditors and it upset me very much. How many, how many speakers? And so please know we're not saying if you work with bureaus, you need to be really nervous right now. But I do like this idea, Josh, of canceling the contract, getting paid in full, and then moving forward with uh, kind of an IOU on the books for that client that you're going to go ahead and do it. And I think that this is also having people really look at their bureau direct ratio. I also think it's having people really look at their own contracts. You know, how am I protecting myself so that if this situation and force majeure, nobody can nobody can really uh, control what's going on right now. But how am I protecting myself? I think that you're protecting yourself quite nicely right there. Well, thank you. One other quick point on the bureaus, because I've seen in some of the um, like Facebook groups that speakers 
you know, it, 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 there's been almost a pouncing and it's this us versus them thing. And I just would, you know, personally would love to dispel that. Most of the Bureau people, as mentioned, are wonderful, honorable yeah. people, people I, I know personally, and, and, and they're trying to do the right thing. My suggestion yeah. for speakers is now is not the time for infighting or bickering or feeling that it's you versus them. Now is the time to rally together in solidarity in our industry and to support those partnerships and work very closely with those bureaus who are facing the exact same things that we speakers are and try, yeah. to, try to work through this. This is a great opportunity. Adversity can build deep relationships and friendships. And if you do the right thing now, if you support those relationships instead of test them, I think we're going to come out stronger as a result. And it's unfortunate that some speakers are taking a different approach, that they're feeling very threatened. So it's almost like they're becoming combative with their bureau partners. And I would recommend the opposite. Yeah. And we do have to recognize that everybody is hurting right now. And I think sometimes uh, there are things that happen that are very much fear-based. And I don't think you and I want to operate from that place. And I agree with you, collaborate. Now's the time for collaboration. And, and not just between you and the bureau, but you and the bureau and the client. Let's collaborate and figure out a, word, a way to make this work. So my question for you, in the meantime, while you're waiting for those post Owned against. And I have a feeling that your calendar is going to be a situation on the opposite end. We're going to have a bottleneck with them. I think they're even going to have a hard time finding places to have their meetings because there's going to be a bottleneck there as well. But you're going to be booked for some of them. And that also is a good reason to get you out from under the contract. Um, that's very smart on your part, by the way. Are you doing some virtual work in the meantime? Um. You know, I, I, we, I think one, one engagement was rescheduled virtually. And one thing, I'll just share my own opinion. Not, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Sure. Many bureaus and speakers say, okay, it's all shut down. Let's immediately push the virtual product. And, and I don't mean to be negative. I'm the most optimistic person you'll meet. But sure. I don't know that, that the world just automatically shifts into doing Zoom-based events. Here's why. The, think about the reason why a keynote speaker is generally hired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's certainly about their content and, and, and educating and training people for sure. But maybe that's 10% of it or 15% of it. You know, more often than not, it's way bigger than, than we as speakers. You know, UBS is holding their big annual event and they're bringing in 1,500 people from around the world. And their goal is to connect people when they don't often see face-to-face. Maybe they're entertaining clients or partners. Maybe it's an opportunity for the board and leadership to interact with the average person in the company. Yep. So it's way more important than just training that, those people on our particular subject matter. So they're not going to just say, hey, instead of spending 50 grand on my keynote speaker, why don't I just have you do a Zoom thing? And like, it, it's just that's not the reason that we're being hired in the first place. Yep. So I don't mean to be negative, and I do think there will be some replacement from from digital and virtual meetings, um, mm-hmm. most often, I don't think it's a replacement. And so I'm more thinking about how do we get through this period, emerge stronger afterward, because I think it will, if anything, it will reaffirm how important it is for us to be in the same room face to face as we all feel the pain of being isolated. I think that's the way it's going to go much more than doing virtual. I agree with you 100%. It's more like a Band-Aid, okay? We're just, I think, what I would have been recommending to my clients is, okay, you have a date. It's been postponed. We now have the new date on the book. Maybe there's something that you can do with them virtually just to get the conversation started or to help them in some way. You know, one of the things that we talk about is really getting with your clients and saying, how can I serve you in this moment based on what would be perfect for you? And Josh, I had my own live event the first week in March. 
we were like the last weekend of live events even happening. The following weekend, everything got canceled. And so we were together and we're also together like this on Zoom with a lot of those people twice a month. It's totally different. And I do think that everybody is going to recognize that the connection that you get from these in-person meetings and, and the, the, the keynote speaker up on the stage in front of 15, you'll never be able to replace that with virtual work. I'm thinking about it more like kind of like a Band-Aid just in the meantime or something like that. You know, that's a great point, Jane. I'm glad you brought that up because that's what a wonderful suggestion. So let's say you, you had a live event, you're a keynote speaker, it's rescheduled till next year. What about if you offer to the client, hey, let's begin the conversation now. This is an important topic. Why don't we do once a quarter a free virtual session for your team to get to begin the conversation? Things yeah. like that where you can add additional value. Yeah. Awesome. And it could be a really great opportunity to deepen existing relationships, offer up those things to a bureau. As you point out, not, not a replacement, but perhaps mm -hmm. as an add-on. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I'm really glad that your, your take... Uh, because I'm, I'm quite sure after 9-11, everybody said, oh, no, it's all going to be, you know, remote work now. We're never going to have meetings again. And that didn't happen. But we didn't also have the technology ready in that moment, Josh. I think we have it more ready now. But I think people are going to see really quickly that there's just nothing like being in the room. There's nothing yeah. No question. That being said, you know, obviously we're in, in, in tough times right now, but just want to reinforce, I think there are great times yet to come. Uh, so mm -hmm. we've talked about this, but the, the, the North American speaking industry, $4 billion of speeches bought and sold every year. So even if we have an economic contraction, even if it went down by 25%, which I don't think it will, there's still $3 billion of opportunity out there for we speakers. Right. And so I, I, I don't think that we should feel that, you know, yes, obviously our Q2 is shot. You know, the rest of the year is going to be a slow rebuild, but, but longer term, I remain equally optimistic about our industry. You know, thank you for saying that because I actually think that a lot of us might be suffering from this term I just caught on to. It's called pre-traumatic stress. We are stressing over the anticipation of what's to come, both from the physical side. You know, I have a, a daughter who's a nurse and I'm, I lose a lot of sleep worrying that she's not being protected properly, but also from what's coming down on our heads, economically speaking. And I agree with you, Josh. I mean, there are people booking speeches right now, today. I, you know, they're being booked out into the fourth quarter, but they're actually being booked. And so um, talk more about your ideas as a global business person. Well, just to reinforce that. So we've, last week we booked two speeches for the summer, one in, Jan uh, one in July and one in August. Okay. Uh, we booked multiple things for September, October, November during this entire thing. So, okay. you know, they all have out clauses, obviously, at this point for, for, for the disease. But um, again, I really don't think that this is going to be a forever thing. I think it's a temporary thing that we'll have to muscle through. Uh, in terms of being a global business view, uh, you know, the, the role that we play as keynote speakers, I think, is really meaningful. So we're, we're there to, to share ideas, to fire people up, to energize a team or a, or a group. Um, to a degree, if, you know, if we're brought in by making somebody up Cisco and Cisco is entertaining their top thousand clients, we are in that case an extension of that 
brand, of Cisco's brand, and which we can either elevate or, or hurt, obviously. But, but I think that the role that we play is critical. And especially if we are really focused on the craft and, and we treat it seriously, it's not only about the 60 minutes that we're there, it's about the impact that we might leave for the next six years. So yeah. I, I remain optimistic about our field. I, I think there's so much that we as thought leaders can share with the world. I think we just got to, you know, we're, we're having some tough times. We're going to have to muscle through it. Yeah, we are for sure. Talk about your live event because I'm scheduled to come and see one of your Three Ring Circus live events for speakers. Um, I think it's scheduled for June. Is everything, I mean, you and I are doing our own events and this has rocked us as well from that level. Talk about is everything all systems go until you hear something later on or what's the plan? It's funny you mentioned your event. So we did our uh, last one on March 3rd. Oh, worked great. And then, and then not with that, that week I had six keynotes in addition to our live event. The next week I did my last, last one since everything canceled. So I spoke the Tuesday after that, which was like March 10th or something. Uh, and then, it, then it all shut down. Our next event is June 24th, uh, which is nearly three months away. Uh, it's still all systems go. We are okay. planning to proceed, but of course we're going to keep a close eye and, and sure. only proceed if it's, you know, if it's appropriate. Um, but but the, the world will rebound. I mean, at some point, things are going to open back up. And I think yeah. the sooner we can all be disciplined to, to, to get through it quickly, the, the more success we'll have going forward. Okay. Well, I hope to be there and to see you on June 24th. Talk about kind of what you're doing on a daily basis. You're a pretty motivated guy, and I'm sure you've learned to work from anywhere anyway. Like, this is probably just your world in general. Um how do you, what's been going on in your life these days? You know, it's, it's, I'm so glad you asked that because I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Imagine it's 12 months from now and we're looking back. Now we can look back and say, well, what do we do during this downtime? Did we hide in fear? Did we cower in the corner? Did we get nothing done? Did we panic? Or did we do something that could, we could look back and be proud of? That we could say, what a, what a gift. Not, not that obviously the virus is a gift, but this extra mm-hmm. time is And so I've been being very, very deliberate. I've been full throttle. Like I've been 60 plus hours a week the same way I always am. I'm just not on airplanes. I'm doing other things. And so actually, Jane, I prepared um, a a quick hit list for your your guests on some things that they can do as speakers during this downtime if if, if I'm okay. I love it. My hashtag, by the way, for this is hashtag productive quarantine. You're like, you're stepping right into it. I love it. Okay. Go. Productive quarantine. So that was exactly what I said. Like, how can we be productive during this mm-hmm. quarantine? And here are some suggestions. These are things that I'm doing, by the way, and hopefully you as, the, as a listener can do as well. Yeah. Um, number one, go deeper into your domain expertise. Mm-hmm. If you speak on customer service or innovation or cybersecurity, what a great time to go deeper in your field. The more that we can deepen our expertise, I've, I've read multiple books on, on innovation since this has happened. I'm reading blogs, watching TED Talks. So, so the more that we can learn and get better in our craft, I'm sorry, in our, in our, in our domain expertise, mm-hmm. the more value we'll be able to offer afterwards. I love it. Number two, grow your body of work. Maybe you go deeper on writing a blog or shooting, uh, doing a podcast or writing a book. So, so not only is it an opportunity to learn more about your field, it's also an opportunity to express more and go deeper into expanding your body of work. Love it. Uh, number three, expand your footprint on social media. This is something that I kind of stunk at for many, many years. We've gotten better at it over the last 12 months or so. But, but you know, this is an opportunity to be out there in a thoughtful and appropriate way and building your brand uh, in social media. Uh, number four would be enter a new genre. 
So um, I've never done a podcast. You're, you're, you're ahead of me here, but we've been planning one for quite some time. And this is an opportunity that we've had to really go deeper in, in the execution of this. My awesome. podcast that's coming out is called Creative Troublemakers. Uh, it's sort of an insider's look at outsiders. And that's I'm fantastic. Time going deep on that. I'm Number so excited five. about your podcast, Josh. We'll put a link to it in the uh, show notes as soon as you have it ready, okay? Oh, you're the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, we've got some really amazing uh, folks that we've been interviewing. Uh, number five, uh, great, what a great time to sharpen your performance skills. You know, we, we always say to ourselves, gosh, if I only had time to practice in front of a mirror, if I only had time to study other great speakers and look, work, work on really the technical craft of performance, boom, we've got the time. Let's do it. Uh, number six, create and practice new keynote content. Uh, same thing. If, if we find ourselves t- telling the same jokes that we have for years, what a great time to test some new stuff out and, and build your, your, your content the same way a comedian would, would practice new bits in her act. Uh, number seven, practice gratitude, shifting away from the, the tactical here for a minute. Yeah. Look, the, the, the world is, is in a crisis. Let's just be honest about it. But mm-hmm. I got to believe that all of us have some things that we can be grateful for. Uh, whether it's our own health, whether it's the opportunity to spend time working on our on our business that we love. So yes. I don't mean to be preachy at all, but it is an opportunity to, to get out of the darkness by practicing uh, some gratitude. Three more quick ones to go. Number eight, get fit. Like many people, I've had the desire to eat junk food and, and drink a little too much, you know, because we're, we're stressed out. But, but, you know, again, what if we emerge from this period instead of you know, feeling gross, like we ate better. And you, mm-hmm. I know the gym is closed, but you can always do push-ups. And, and again, I'm not trying to be preachy at all, but, but it's an opportunity for us to take care of ourselves physically to be even better coming out of it. Yep. Last two, uh, number uh, nine, I'm working on a major brand relaunch. And so if you've been postponing something, like maybe you're looking to do a new website or reshoot your mm-hmm. video or something or reassemble a video, um, this is a great time to do it. I've been working on a rebrand launch for, for a little while and we're going deeper on it. We'll get that project done more quickly. And then the final thing is just an opportunity to recharge. I mean, I know I've said to myself so many times, I'm busy, I'm doing seven speeches or eight in a week. And I'm like, gosh, if I only had time to have dinner with my family, if I only had time to read my young kids a book every night, and this is the time to do it. So, so I say all this with great love and respect that, that I hope we can all come out of this stronger and better equipped rather than just rubbing our eyes, like walking into the, out of the darkness and, 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 and not being better prepared. Yeah. I, the hashtag productive quarantine really means that your time is spent intentionally, very intentionally and strategically. And I want to add one more to your list, which is focus on what you can control. Because I think that um, the stress, this idea of uh, pre-traumatic stress, I think a lot of that comes from the unknown and not knowing uh, what's going to happen here with anything. And uh, when we just kind of think through all the scenarios, both good and bad, we kind of allow our mind, I think, to rest on that just a little bit and breathe a sigh of relief. I'm listening to Brooke Castillo's podcast on that right now, by the way, and I'll put a link to that in the show show notes. Um, How do you manage stress? Well, uh, it's a good question. I don't know that I have necessarily a lot of tactics. I, I, I practice a little morning ritual that uh, my buddy Neil Pashrika, a wonderful speaker, had taught me where I just take a couple minutes and ask three questions every morning. Um, what am I grateful for? What am I going to focus on today? And what am I going to let go of? Mm. And uh, I mean, like you said, there's things you can't control. So if we sit around worrying about the, the spread of coronavirus, like what are we going to do? I mean, you should yeah. do things you can control, wash your hands and such. But, but like if there's things you can't control... 
worrying is, is, is unproductive. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I have some other things. I play music. I've, I've been playing jazz music for over 40 years. And sometimes I just get in the zone and I, I tune out the, the worries of the world. So that's nice. But I would say that if any of us can connect with whatever our own muse might be, mine's playing music, someone else's might be exercising, someone else might be reading a good book, but let's find those moments to de-stress. And like you said, to focus on the things that we can control. By the way, your whole notion of productive quarantine uh, that's something we can control. And when you start working on a project, you're getting deep in it, all of a sudden you feel like you're, you're in control again, and that can be liberating. Taking action on your content, on your speech delivery, all of that is just something that makes you feel like you're in control because you're actually doing something positive to further your own um, uh, to further your own cause. Now, how old are you? You have twins, do you not? Yeah, so I have four kids. I have an older, older two, 22 and 20. Uh, but I have three-year-old twins. So I've got, you know, two, two <laughs> much older. Okay. And then so they must, they must help you relax and de-stress a little bit. Just rolling around the, on the floor with three-year-olds has got to do something for the psyche, right? Rest and relax. Apparently, you've never been with three-year-old twins. Oh, no, I was thinking about rolling around on the floor. I don't know why I said that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they're, they're a wonderful gift. And talk yeah. really what it, more than anything is they put it in perspective. You know, yeah. you're looking at these, these, these imaginative little faces and, and you realize like, you know, we're going to get through this. And these, these, these guys, you know, they ground me and, and, and I'm so grateful for them and my wonderful wife, Tia. I'm just I, I, I can't express enough gratitude. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, Josh, I want to say thank you so much for coming back on the show. I have really appreciated um, the angles that you've taken into, uh, you know, brought into your own way of dealing with this particular situation. And I'm going to put a link to our last show in the show notes because when we get rocking and rolling again, you are going to want to keep uh, that Josh Linkner podcast on replay because we covered a lot of ground in that one. You went deep with so many great ideas. You have studied this profession like nobody I know, and therefore you have mastered it in such a to such a degree. It's just been amazing to watch. Well, thank you. Uh, although the one person that studied it as much or probably more than me is, of course, you. And, and thank you for your leadership in our industry. You're making oh. such a huge difference. And, uh, and I think we all owe a huge debt of gratitude to you and your, your continued leadership. Oh, thank you, Josh. Well, for those of you who are listening in, um, please let us know if you've been appreciating our podcast. We'd love for you to leave us a rating or a review. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss anything. And uh, make sure that you check out Josh Linkner's new podcast. Tell us the name again. I love it. Creative Troublemakers. Creative Troublemakers. I love trouble in the it, right in the title. I think that's a genius title. And I cannot wait to listen. And with that, we are going to say, see you soon, wealthy speakers. Bye for now, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed our show, you'll want to come and visit us at the Wealthy Speakers School, where we provide a proven roadmap for building your dream business. Go to WealthySpeakerSchool.com. And for show notes for today's podcast, head on over to SpeakerLauncher.com and click on podcast. I'll see you soon, Wealthy Speakers.